You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey, everybody. Here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and this week I sit down with Justin Wilson. Justin is from North Georgia and has around 80 or so songs recorded and over 20 songs that have become singles on radio. He was raised by his grandparents and got a lot of support early on. In this episode, you'll hear how Justin's path got him to Nashville at the age of 18 pursuing an artist career, but how he quickly fell in love with the songwriting community. And so many of the songs in our soundtrack of life have been created by him. He's written smash songs like Drunk Me for Mitchell Tenpenny, We Went for Randy Hauser, Mama's House for Dustin Lynch, Kiss You in the Morning for Michael Ray, and so many more. He's also got cuts with Blake Shelton, Lee Bryce, Granger Smith, Morgan Wallen, Craig Campbell, Tyler Farr, Swan Brothers, and so many more. Hear the story behind some of those songs and the story behind a song that you probably have never heard before. You'll also hear how he credits guys like Bobby Pinson and Brett James for helping him along the way. How he continues to bring his A-game into every song he sits down to write on a daily basis. Justin and I have known each other for years, and other than being a great songwriter, he has a passion for making people smile, and you'll also hear what choices he has made in life to bring laughter, joy, and smiles to other people's lives. We talk about how I shaved his head a few years ago to raise money for a great cause, and he didn't even hesitate one bit to be a part of it. This is Justin Wilson. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. This is another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I am Chris Blair, and I'm here with Justin Wilson in the house. What's up? Dude, This is uh, I've been excited about this. I think I say that every episode, but I am kind of at, li- at least a little bit excited for this one. <laughs> Man, I've been I've been begging to get on this thing for a long time. Since the beginning, that yeah, know, man. Absolutely, man. I saw my buddy Matt Rogers on it and I was like, he can't be on it if I'm not on yeah. it, man. I wanna get on there. Well, let's uh let's let's go back uh to the beginning. You're from North Georgia. You're a huge UT football fan, <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals fan. Dude, go the, dogs. Uh, well, I think your audio just cut out as you were talking. Oh, no. Um, go so, <laughs> dogs. Oh, uh, man. We've known each other for a long time, yeah. and I'm just, uh, you've got, man, like 80 cuts or something. Yeah. Um, some, some 14, 15 around. singles now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just so much success and so much to dive into. So, uh, I want to, you know, there's there's so many songs to to choose from. So start kind of thinking about that so we can dive into a couple. But let's sure. let's just like, yeah, let's go back to the beginning and get you to Nashville. Like, when did you know that uh, <laughs> this is what you wanted to do? Man, uh, so growing up, I was I was raised by my grandparents. Yep. And uh, about 14 years old or so, uh, I don't know how or what exactly happened, but somehow I just wound up performing in front of live audiences and then my grandparents you know got behind me and and bought an excursion and then put like a little cheesy rap on the excursion (laughs) yeah justin tyler wilson that's what i you know my full name you know and uh we just started going everywhere to every fair and festival that you could think of and my grandmother shirley she uh she was my booking agent you know and and i wound up uh developing you know a little over a hundred thousand uh fans uh on a this is before all the digital platforms and all that stuff so so this is when people had to put their name 
number and address to be part of the fan club yeah and and it just kind of went from there and snowballed and i learned about you know how to entertain an audience and and perform live and i was singing to karaoke tracks you know i didn't know how to write songs yet and and uh and the ones that i did uh you know bless their heart (laughs) (laughs) and and then uh somehow we wound up you know getting introduced to a guy named john uh john galatio and uh he he managed uh, Mark Wills and got him started in it for his career. And so he kind of mentored me and my grandparents as well, you know, and introducing me to people that were on the next level and the next level. Yeah. And uh, I wound up, you know, by the grace of God, with a record deal uh, right before I moved here. Uh, I graduated high school and had the record deal and then – came to nashville yeah you moved here at 17 is that right i was i was 18 when i landed here and uh i had that record deal and uh lost it in six months (laughs) and had no idea what i was gonna do and uh one thing i i i knew from that experience was i fell in love with the songwriting community and it was something that i'd never I never even thought about. I never knew that that was even a, a, a an industry part, you know. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's so often, you know, growing up or anybody really that's outside of this town, when they hear songs, they just assume that the artist writes everything that they hear. Yeah. But that wasn't true, you know. And it, so when I got here, I, I learned that there was a in a whole community of songwriters that were amazing. And when when I got in the room with some of these veterans, that I really had no business being in the room with they were doing me a favor i learned that uh there was a craft to songwriting and i fell in love with it it felt like chess as opposed to checkers you know mm. and man when i went when i experienced that i was like wow these misfits fit me and i fit them you yeah. know i felt like i had found a family and a purpose and uh you know so i enrolled in belmont just just to stay in town because I was like I can't I can't leave this this music row area you got to be present to win that's what I'd always heard you know so I I just went into a ton of debt for (laughs) for for the you know for college just to stay in town and uh man I remember the first time I ever came to Nashville because I'm from a small town you know Gwinnett County Georgia Decula is my uh city and uh there's no avenues and numbers on streets, you know? And the first time I ever came to Nashville, it felt like I was in a maze. I was like, what street am I on? How does this even work? I mean, I was just in awe and, and, and I was like, I'm lost. But it just overwhelmed me. But I knew that I had something to prove. And as long as you're doing what you love, this town will embrace you. And they did. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it, you know. And uh, it was a wild ride to get here. Um, and it's still a wild ride. It really yeah. is. You know, you have to work hard every second of every day. But, man, getting here, when I first got here, getting my heart broke and sticking around taught me a big lesson that, uh, you know, this town has a way of putting you through hardship to make sure that the ones that are meant to be here stick around yeah. and the ones that aren't meant to be here, they give up and go home. So if it's your dream, you stick around. Yeah. 
and I learned that pretty quick. But well, we've got great songs uh, that that everybody around the world knows um, because of you. So thank you for <laughs> sticking around. Man, if you don't mind, let me just say this one story. My first co-write. Yeah, let's hear it. So my first co-write was with a, a songwriter. He's Hall of Fame songwriter, prolific, huge hits. Uh, his name's Don Frimmer. Well, I, I came in there with a notepad. I was like, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared. I came in with like 30-something song ideas, <laughs> titles, like all written down, and sit down with Don Frimmer, just me and him. And he's like, all right, what you got? And so I start just going down the list of ideas, you know? And he's like, nah, nah, nah. And then finally, towards the end, like, well, I was starting to sweat a little bit, you know? <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm striking out pretty yeah. hard, you know? And, and finally, he picked one. He's like, that. I love that. And I was like, great. And he goes, you hungry? And I was like, yeah, I get it. Let, let's go to lunch. And he pulls out a $20 bill, slides it across the table, and he goes, I'd like, and he gives me his order, and he goes, just bring it back. And I went, you're not... You're not going with me. And, but I, I mean, I, at the time, I'm 18 years yeah. old. I'm just a kid, you know? Yeah. And he, and so I went, picked it up, and came back. And when I walked into the, to the room with him, when, with the, his lunch and mine, he slides a piece of paper full of the entire lyric. And he goes, here you go. Go put some music to this. And I don't say this story as a slight towards him at all. Yeah. I say it as a, wow this is the big leagues and 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 i i didn't know how to respond i was like damn i gotta put some music to this because i just i just got taught a lesson by a pro yeah i want to be a pro and it was my first introduction and that gave that fueled my fire yeah because i was like man you got to pay attention to this you know you can't just fly by the seat of your pants when it comes to writing a song when there's people like that out there right you know so it was it was a it was a cool introduction but it also pissed me off a little bit just as a cocky little 18 year old kid i was like how dare he yeah but when i actually read through the lyric i went damn that's how you write a song oh well i mean the first time we wrote together you made me go get lunch so what are you talking about? yeah you know but, but i paid but i had to pay for it which is crazy man <laughs> Um, okay. So, uh, like after that, like, I mean, you, you probably walked out of that room just going like, man, like what just happened? Um, very much so. Yeah. So, I mean, did it end up being a, uh, a good song? Did you go put music to it? And I did, I did, like, you know, nothing happened with the song obviously. Um, but it, I put music to it because it was, I was being challenged is the way I looked at yeah. it. You know, like I got to respect him writing all this and and going through the thought process of it i need to respect that and 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 put the same kind of effort towards Mm. putting music behind it you know yeah because if you don't put your full effort into something you're you're selling yourself short yeah but you're also selling everybody else short as well yeah and i I can't live with myself like that so it was a learning experience but it prepared me for how to how to go forward a tough right like that yeah prepared me for not being angry or not jumping the gun and getting you know popping off at the mouth or whatever or getting jaded real quick because somebody you know didn't let me be a part of the process or anything no i didn't look at it that way i I looked at it like oh i'm a young buck i gotta 
I got to earn my stripes here and prove that I can get back in the room mm. with somebody. So good. And, yeah. and, and that, that actually carried through for the next probably 10, 12 co-writes that I had with Mark Nessler, Ben Hayslip, Rivers Rutherford, and, you know, and the list, you know, Tony yeah. Martin, Tom Spiro, like the list goes on. People that are Huge. Hall of Famers yeah. and, and, and just tunesmiths, you know, yeah. that know how to craft a song. It taught me the lesson of bring my A game, be prepared, and earn a second right with those guys. Yeah. As opposed to just leaving and going, man, I feel, I feel like I was disrespected or whatever. Don't, don't be that way. Yeah. And that, that was a, a, a valuable lesson to learn at, so quickly, actually. You yeah. Know? So I, I'm grateful for that experience, actually, very yeah. much so. Yeah, I bet. So, um, so then what happened after that? Like, when, when did you, um, you know, start to get heard around town that led to your first publishing deal? Man, so, uh, so after I'd lost my record deal, um, which was, I had had an offer from RCA when, when Joe Galani was there yep. and Renee Bell, and then uh, John Grady and Mark Wright were running Sony at the time. This is like 0203, you know? Yep. And uh, we said no to RCA and said yes to Sony, and then about six, seven months later, they merged. <laughs> And Joe came out on top to run all of it. And you can't, writing's on the wall. You can't say no to, to a person and then they wind up taking over where you said yes. Yep. Yeah. You're out, you know, yep. or whatever. And uh, so once that was gone, I was like, man, I got to go to Belmont because I got to stay in town. I could have went to MTSU, but I didn't want to even be 30 minutes outside of town. I wanted yeah. to be in it. And uh, I scheduled my classes around the the songwriting times yeah. you know to like i'd do night classes and so on and so forth so i just in case somebody i wanted to write yeah you know and so i did that for my entire stay at belmont but i wound up getting uh i wound up getting a publishing deal right before i graduated at belmont and uh it was at stage three music which uh was run by tim hunsey and uh missy roberts yeah uh, who's an amazing publisher, one of the best I've ever, ever experienced in my entire life. And uh, Brett James had just started his company and joined them. So it was a hot mm. little indie. You I know? love Brett. And it was Man. like, it was Brett James's company with them. And it, they also had Bobby Pinson. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, and Bobby Pinson is somebody that I credit for uh, teaching me how to write. Because I had been listening to his songs and it, since I was like 16 years old yeah, and just kind of un, really studied the art of it. And, uh, so, so I wound up getting that deal at stage three and they wanted me to be an artist again. And at the time I hadn't had as many cheeseburgers as I've had now, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so I, I tried it and we did a showcase for, for labels and it went great. And, uh, but it was a no. And I was okay with it because I fell in love with writing so yeah. much. Um, and luckily, the writers that may have been writing with me just because they thought I was going to get that deal again and, and become the artist to radio as now that I was older, luckily they stuck with me and kept writing with me. You know, And that kind of goes back to my original point of how important it is to, to bring your A game 
yep. no matter what it is, because you never know what might fall through and you need to make sure that everything you do is a hundred percent so that if something does fall through, people don't give up on you, you know? Yeah. And, and the town didn't give up on me and, and I'm grateful for that, you know? And man, I don't know if I could have had a better, you know, uh, teacher as Missy and Tim Hunzey, you know, uh, one of the first things that I, I've always carried with me was something that Tim Hunzey told me. He said, uh, Hey man, one of these days you think you have it figured out what your sound is and what your, what your style is, but come to me after you think you've had it figured out three times because by then the light switch will come on and it, and it just happens and you, and you can't explain it. And then he sat me down and he said, also, you need to understand I've never met a single person that is a creative side of this industry that isn't running from something. Mm. And that's such a weird statement to yeah. say. And I sat back and I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, just think about it. And all of a sudden I just went, oh my God, he's right. Because I had shitty parents, wonderful grandparents. Yeah. Saved my life. Wonderful. But I was, there was a void and I was just an unexplainable thing. And I don't know a single writer or artist that doesn't have something that, like that that's driving them. That's like they're, they're searching to fill a void. So they're yeah. running from and towards something. They're running from a hometown. They're running from, you know, just feeling like a outsider or they're running yeah, just all kinds yeah. of things, but they run from something and land here because creatives are weird. We are, we're strange. <laughs> we're so weird, dude. Yeah, we are. I mean, but it was something that made an impact to me because it, it, it really solidified understanding how to have a connection in this town. Mm. That's so good, man. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but yeah, I'm like, I'm, my brain is spinning just thinking about like everybody I write with. And it's, yeah, it's like, you know, not like, oh, everybody in the writing industry has got a problem, right? It's not yeah, that, it's not but it's problems. like, it, but, but it is, it's like, it's, what are you trying to fill and what it like, um, and it is almost, I've said this before, but writing is almost like therapy. You know, you go Absolutely. in a room and you can talk about all those deepest, darkest things that you may be running from or you've experienced or whatever, or what's going on in the world today that's happy or whatever, mm -hmm. like, but you get to talk about those and put pen to paper and create something. That... I mean, the way I kind of look at it now is just think about the industry of being a songwriter or an artist. Yeah. You got to be crazy to want to do that. Yeah. To just pack up and come to town and chase that because it's the most risky thing industry and career that I can imagine because it's not up to you. You could write the greatest song ever. Like say I wrote uh, "Amazed," right? yeah. one of the greatest love yep. songs in our in our genre ever. Say I wrote "Amazed," but when I wrote it and I turn in the demo and and my publisher goes and pitches it and plays it for you know a manager or an artist or an A and R person, well, say that A and R person just found out they got cheated on last night, and they woke up that morning. Last thing on the whole planet they want to hear is a great love song. Yeah. So it starts and they go past well then the greatest love song ever written 
whatever it is. Does it go to Richie McDonald? Never. Yeah. Never makes it. Yeah. No one ever hears it. That's how risky and this industry is because it's not how like you want to do the best you can every day. But at the end of it all, it's all up to the public and other people's opinion. You got to get past the gate and then everybody has to like it. Yeah. It's not really up to you. You just have to present the best thing. Here's the best piece of chocolate along with a whole bunch of other ones. <laughs> yeah. And you have no idea if they're going to like the worst one or the middle one or the best one ever made. You have no idea. Yeah. You know? And so it, you have to be crazy to do this. Yeah. And that's kind of how I think about the whole running from something is not just about problems. It's you're running from something and also running to something. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just running in place. Victoria Shaw said, uh, if you are doing this because you love it, do it. If you don't absolutely love it, go home. Hmm? You know, something like that. And it's like, I mean, and, and what you were talking about earlier of like, you know, just building that, that, that thick skin and like just, you know, working hard. And, you know, it's, yeah. that is, that's what it's all about. Like you got to come and give your A game, like you said, every single day and know that whatever you write is going to be subjective to who that person that's listening to say yes or no, let's, let's pitch this. Um, but you do it enough times and yeah, hopefully like, it works. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully it, it, and works. it has for yeah. you. So like it's, for me personally, I don't have a plan B. Yeah. There's, there is no backup for me. Like, you know, I've got a four year degree, but there was a, there was a six, eight month period of time after my second publishing deal that I couldn't get a, I couldn't get one. And I was applying for jobs at Kohl's during, during Christmas, you know, like yeah. shit. I mean, if you've ever been into a Kohl's at Christmas, there's boxes everywhere. Yeah. I can pick that up. You know, I can clean it up for you. Couldn't get hired. Couldn't get hired at Kroger. I'm not, you know, bread and pickles in the same bag. No, thank you. I know how to not do that. Couldn't get hired. I mean, and I'm, I'm like, what do I do? I have no plan B. And I got lucky to, to, to get a publishing deal right after that. But I, at the time I was scared to death from, I mean, I, what am I going to do? How can I be a, a good man, a good husband or, you know, someone, how can I take care of even my own life? Yeah. You know, I was scared, man. My my pawpaw, my granddad, that's what I call him, pawpaw, he, all he cared about was, is his grandson going to be able to pay his taxes, pay the bills? You know, that's, he just wanted me to be all right. And so when I, when, when I had to tell him, I'm, I'm not going to be an artist, I want to be a writer, he didn't understand that. It's such a weird industry, yeah. you know, and he, it upset him. But the only reason it really upset him was because he just wanted to know if I was going to be okay. Yeah, because he I loves be? you. Exactly. And and I respect that. But it it was such a risk to do that. But not having a backup plan really makes you – it separates the, the men from the boys and the, yeah. and the girls from the women. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it. it's – what are you going to – are you going to come out fighting or are you going to get knocked out? And I came out swinging, and, and it wound up my first number one. I wrote it with uh, it was it was me and Michael White a song called "Kiss You in the Morning," and Michael Ray, right? Michael Ray, yeah. Yep. And uh, it went number one. It was the number eight most played song of the year that that year. So I think it was 2015. And uh, at the time, I was I was driving a PT Cruiser, and 
I feel like there's a whole story behind that, but this keep going. Gonna, yeah. So I'm in a PT cruiser, and about three days before it went number one, I was taking a turn in the PT cruiser, and the timing belt popped. I didn't even know that a four-cylinder could have a timing belt, but apparently whatever that is, it, it, it popped, and I was going slow enough that it didn't blow up the whole damn engine. It just bent the pistons. Well, what that means is I couldn't stop at a red light. I couldn't stop in traffic. I couldn't stop oh, at a no. stop sign without my PT Cruiser cutting off. So I leave a co-write the day that my song is number one. And I had yet to hear my song, Kiss You in the Morning, played on the radio. Okay. I hop in the PT Cruiser, turn it on. I'm going home. Leaving. I'm leaving. I, I was writing a Magic Mustang at the time. So I'm on music row and, and you know, the roundabout right yep. there gets backed up, Yeah, you know? So I'm pulling out and I'm going and I'm kind of cruising slow. Cause I know I can't stop. And it goes number one song, kiss you in the morning, Michael Ray. And I'm like, Holy shit. I get to hear my song for the first time. Yeah. I turn it up and I look, I look up ahead and I go, Oh crap. There's traffic at the roundabout and it's halfway <laughs> through the first verse, but, 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 but shuts off. And I'm sitting there going, I've got the number one song in America for country music right now. And I can't even hear the whole damn thing because my <laughs> PT Cruiser can't, get, can't yeah. stay started. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head, oh my gosh. But when the number one party came, I cried my eyes out. My grandmother was standing there. My papa had just died from cancer. Mm. And all I was hoping for was to let him know that I was going to be okay. Yeah, and and I missed it by a few months before he passed. You know, he passed away a few months earlier than that. But my grandmother was right there in the front row, and all I could sit there and talk about was how grateful and how how much I was appreciative of the town and the and the audience for allowing a song that I wrote to go number one, so that my family could know that I was okay because. Mm. I wasn't sure if I was. I was. I, I had a car that couldn't even run, really. You yeah. know. And this industry can break your heart, but man, nothing can break your heart if you don't love it. And this industry is. It, if you love this, there's nothing that can take you away from it. Yeah. And I don't know. It's been, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy ride, honestly. Yeah. And I had a lot of people help me out. And one thing I always try to do is pay that forward because I didn't belong in some rooms when, when I was young, but I got to go for a second right with them because I, I worked hard and proved it. And I want to always pay that forward to anybody else that wants to come here because it's, it's, it's even harder today than it was back when I yeah. came. It's yeah. way harder. And it almost seems like the dream chasing is harder and, and not worth it. But I try to tell people it is worth it, but it ain't going to be easy but it's still worth it. Yeah. And, and I'll go to lunch. I'll go to breakfast. I'll, I'll do a co-write. I'll introduce them as long as they're a good person and they, and they've got talent and they work hard. Yeah. I'll do it. And there's plenty of us that'll do that to pay that forward. Cause we all get helped out when we got here. Yeah. No, nobody comes to town and, and doesn't know anybody. And the first song they write goes number one. Nobody does that. No. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Somebody helps them. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sennheiser Microphones. When we first started this podcast, 
we were using some older microphones and Sennheiser came in and sponsored us and gave us some MK4s and 914s. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's made all of the difference in the world. We love these microphones. We use them at the listening room as well. And I just can't say enough great things about them. Go check out Sennheiser.com. If you are into music in any way, their microphones are hands down the best on the planet. Go check them out, Sennheiser.com. And thank you, Sennheiser, for the support and the sponsorship. We love y'all. So, uh, Michael Ray, that was the first number one. Yeah. Um, take me into uh, the writer's room with uh, you pick. Um, let's let's dig into... Um, you know, one of uh, one of your favorite stories. I've heard a lot of them, but uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I, maybe I'll, I'll I'll give you two, and I'll make them both yeah. brief for it. Uh, we went was my second number one. Yeah, and I wrote it with uh, John King and Matt Rogers. And when when I walked in that day, I had full intention of wanting to write a pop style song. And I'm like, let's. I want to write a pop song. And I sit down. And we wound up writing this a million word fast song, yeah. fast yeah. singing song and didn't have a title like when we started. It just was a story out of nowhere and it fell out really fast and I hated it. I was like, nobody, this is a piece of crap. Nobody's ever gonna wanna sing all these lyrics. It, we picked the title We Went because when we were finished writing the song, we were like, what do we call it? And I, and I was like, well, what do we say the most? And I read down all the lyrics, and I'm like, well, we say we went more than anything else. So I guess we'll just call it we went. And that's how much I, I didn't give a crap about the song. Yeah. I was like, hell, who cares? Nobody's ever going to hear it. And that just goes to show, thank God for John King, because John, John recorded it on his phone so that there was at least a sonic recording of it to play for a publisher. And that publisher made me go into the studio and record it as a demo so it could be pitched. And it took six weeks after that for <laughs> Randy to cut yeah. it. And, and a few weeks later after that for it to go to radio. And then 30, 32, 33 weeks after that, it's my second number one. And I'm like, I don't know shit about this industry. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, so I love that. That's one of my favorite ones. And then I'll say probably my other favorite would be, Man, probably a song that nobody's ever heard, most likely, but a, a song called "Life Ain't Fair," and uh, mm. and it was the reason I picked that one is not only is it, in my opinion, the best lyrical song I've ever been a part of, but it didn't we didn't get it right the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time, mm. and I mean and I mean four straight times from top to bottom. Just a new song, new song, new song, four times wow. in a row, but the same title. And it just didn't work until we did it the fifth time and decided that it, everything had to be true for my life or my co-writer's life. And it just came alive. But we didn't give up on the idea. That's the point of that. And to watch that song develop just from perseverance and become probably the song that I'm most proud of as a songwriter and watch people watch it touch people's lives you know and to this day it continues to touch my own life when i sing it sometimes and i get to thinking about my family and my friends and mm. and and the lord like and just all the blessings in life i 
a lot of times I'll, I'll cry on stage. I'm yeah. sure you've seen me. I've seen it. Yeah. You've seen, you've seen I, hell, I got engaged down in St. Augustine and, and I wasn't planning. I was planning on playing I a think couple I was, songs. I was one of the only or one of the only people that knew you were going to do it. And I videoed it. <laughs> Dude, I was planning on playing a couple songs yeah. before I did that. But I started Life Ain't and Fair the tears and, and just I just start. lost it. Yes. And, you know, like, but that couldn't exist if you get, like, if you believe in an idea. Yeah. Like, don't give up on it. If you believe in anything, that's for for all life. But that's, that would probably be my, my second favorite story mm. as far as in the room goes. And because it's all true. Yeah. You know, and it ain't always that serious. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes some there's great stories like, hey, we're a – Let's shoot a shot, and it's Friday, and, and yeah. then all of a sudden you write, you know, Mama's House. Yeah. You know, or, you know, you get in a room with a person you never even knew was an artist, and drunk me happens. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so there's so many cool things, and, and how many people will just kind of pop in that ain't even scheduled to be there with you, and, and you know, all of a sudden an artist walks in, or down the hallway, you like the, this happened to me one time, Lee Bryce was walking down the hall, and... I wasn't writing with Lee. I was with an, uh, another guy, and he was with he was writing with another person down the hall. And I just happened to reach out and go, "Hey, Lee, listen to this idea." And he pops his head in, and I play it for him. He goes, "I love that. Meet me at my house tonight, eight o'clock. Let's finish that." And winds up being a Lee song. Yeah, and it's like crazy how how this town works. You know, yeah. it, it like being in the the writer side of it. You know, because most people like. Even some publishers, they're like, what happens behind that door when you shut it? Because we we walk in, shut that door, and then to everyone outside that, we come walking out four or five hours later with an entire song. Yeah. And I never really thought about it from the other side. Like, I would probably be like, the hell did they do in there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how did that happen? You know, music first, lyrics first, who knows? How did it go? Honestly, it's just a bunch of dumbasses in there. <laughs> And we're just we're just trying to vibe on the right the right thing yeah. that that fills the atmosphere right you know and it's 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 a unique thing it's cool I love yeah. it there's so many good stories man that that probably shouldn't be said and some should you know yeah um what uh how did drunk me come along because that was a that was a huge song for you yeah absolutely actually uh, I would say to date that is uh that's my biggest uh single that i've ever yeah. had as far as all the numbers go and everything um man i so i knew jordan schmidt i'd written with him a whole lot and jordan was uh co-producing mitchell tenpenny i didn't know mitchell yeah and it's it was our first co-write together as far as like all three of us together we started writing that song i uh at the time i was fresh out of rehab and my headspace was uh you know kind of in 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 that realm that we that kind of embodies that song and uh so we all sat down and just i can't even explain how quick it was as far as starting the song it was like you know jordan had kind of a vibe on on the track side and yep. mitchell was playing this little lick and then i just spit out the first two lines and it, and we all just went shit i don't know what this is but let's do that and so we kept writing. And oddly enough, we wrote the whole song except for two words. Really? Drunk me. It took us longer to think of that than it did to write the entire rest of the song. Because we had it all written except for that last line. 
<laughs> and I remember Jordan wound up sitting in a chair against the wall and Mitchell wound up walking outside. I wound up pulling my hair out and walking from room to room. Just like, what, what is it? What is it? You know, like, do we need to hit, do we need to hit a pipe? Do we need to, you know, like, uh, do I need a dip or like somebody, you know, do we need to watch something funny just to clear our headspace and get our juices flowing again or yeah. what? And I'll, out of nowhere, about 30 minutes of, of, of us not having a clue how to finish this one line of the song out of nowhere jordan goes drunk me and we just stopped we're like thank you jordan <laughs> damn it how long yeah. you been sitting on that yeah. you know and and uh so that was the craziest thing to me about that song is how long it took to come up with the hook yeah having the entire song already written except that and it just it, it was magical and and i never expected it to. yeah that's pretty crazy because usually you have a hook mm -hmm. in the beginning and you kind of know what you're writing to and the, the what the, what the title of the song yeah. ends up being and, and, is like, and even sometimes when you don't you start writing and you write two and it just kind of develops but yeah. once you start that chorus when you finish the chorus you you landed on a title you know yeah but we just decided to write the verse all the chorus except for that and just go ah, and let's just skip that and move to the second verse. <laughs> let, it's like leaving the middle of a, of a jigsaw puzzle out. You yeah. Know? It's like finished everything else except for this. Man. You know, and it, it that's never happened to me since. And yeah. it hadn't happened to me before that either. And honestly, I didn't know Mitchell was a, I didn't know Mitchell was an artist at the time. And I got a call from Mitchell uh, a few months later and he goes, Hey man. So what's up? And he goes, that song we wrote, uh, I, I just want to let you know that I'm, that's going to be my first single. And I went, you're an artist and I'm, I'm dead serious. Like I didn't know it wasn't a disrespectful thing. I just didn't know Yeah. at the time. Cause I'd only written with him one time at the first time I ever met him anyways. And they made me sing the demo. You know, like I, I didn't know he was touring and out there working like that. I didn't, I had no idea. And he, he goes, yeah, it's going to be my, my first single. And he's like, hell yes, I'm an artist. Don't you pay attention? And I was like, apparently not. Yeah. And, uh, and I tried to talk him out of it and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty heavy song for first single on a brand new artist, you know? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, you sure? You don't want to do like an up-tempo love song about a girl, maybe on a back road, when, you know, dancing in the headlights underneath the moon, yeah. like a star type yeah, thing, you know? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, and he just said, no, this is what I'm going with. I'm going to, I'm going to live and die by my, my own sword just my whole life. And I, I respected the hell out of it. Yeah. I had no idea that it was going to wind up doing what it did. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm I'm grateful and thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful for to the Lord. And I'm grateful to Mitchell. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's been playing the listening room for for years and years. I mean, him and that entire camp around him. Um, yeah. That's that's one of the things I love about those guys is that they just they are not going to let anybody change who they are and what they want to say through song. And yeah. they're just this is me, like it or not. Yeah, and it's uh, I love that man. I feel like I, I I always feel like if if you like something, odds are, at least a million other people like it. Yeah, because there's billions on this planet, so if you love it, it there's at least a million. Yeah, that that will love it too, and that that that's kind of my my motivation of not bending towards you know if i i'm not gonna get off of something that i don't believe in i'm gonna yeah. if i believe in it i'm gonna stick with it because 
I know if I love it, there's a reason. Yeah. And that goes for if somebody I'm writing with loves something and I'm not on board with the song, but they are passionate about it, I'm going to trust them. Because if they love it, at least a million other people do. Let's let's find out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You want to play a little bit of it? Dude. Well, uh, Drunk Me? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's see. It's 9.30 shit. A.M. So uh, I've seen you do this in St. Augustine with no voice. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I might have had a little whiskey or yeah, something. Yeah, I think you had a lot of whiskey. Bit, you know? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I thought I had a pick somewhere. Oh, here it is. Here we go. Let's see. Want to get a little verse and chorus? Yeah, do? sure. Yeah. So, uh, like I said earlier, the... Uh, the first two lines just kind of came out of nowhere, but it, it was what I was going through in my life, you know, and uh, didn't know where it was going, but it wound up being this, so. Some people don't know when to quit. That's why they quit. Some need to hit the bottle to know they got a problem. Can't handle it. That ain't why I... Started cleaning up my life. I wish it was, uh, ooh, that would be a lie. I've been sober, cause there ain't no hangover like you. Oh, no, no, no. And can you come over? I always find those words at the bottom of a hundred proof. Yeah, girl, every time you do, I just stand up, head all messed up, like the sheets where we've made love. I've been sober since you broke my heart in two. It's all tender. Because <laughs> drunk me can't get over you. Come on, man. Mitchell sounds a whole lot better than I do at it, but dude, you still kill it, man. You've got a great voice. I I was uh, I was taken back when you were doing that because like talking about Saint Augustine. I think it was I think it was when Hauser was there. Yeah, uh, yeah we, and uh, you had like you had completely you were going to introduce him because I I host the festival every year and I introduce everybody and I was uh, and and you were going to introduce him and maybe you still did I can't remember. But no, you, I had no you, voice. I had to go do it. Yeah. So, cause you had, you couldn't even talk. Could not. And then he called you up <laughs> and, and you end up Dude. like somehow by the grace of God, all of a sudden it comes back and you were out there just Dude. belting. I was like, Bro, Dude, where did this come from? It, I like, felt like I had done a workout. Yeah. I don't like I don't like working out, dude. I'm telling you what, dude. But that, I think that was the same the same year that uh, that you shaved my head on stage. Let's talk about your hair. Let's <laughs> let's let's talk about this hair. Uh, you <laughs> let before we even get there. Let's go back. When did the color start? You know what? Uh, I actually do have a reason for that. Um, I watched a video, or just a random video that was on my feed. I think it might have been on Facebook at the time, years ago. And uh, it, was a, it was a video of an old man talking about how contagious a smile is. And the story was he walked out of a store, and, and there was two girls across the street that were laughing. He had no idea why, but he, when he walked out, he saw that. And, and the girl saw him walk out, and she was laughing with a smile. 
and it just made him smile. And so he took his left to walk down the street to his car. And when he did that, there was another guy coming around the corner. And his smile from her, it made him, that guy sees his smile. And then he smiles. Mm. And that's what this whole video was about. And it was this beautiful story about how contagious a smile is and, and what it can do. And that resonated with me so much. And all I could think about is, man, I want to bring joy to people's lives any way I can. And I'm a very, uh, you know, loud and outspoken and flamboyant person, but I'm a, I'm a very loving, empathetic person. I, I want people to win. I'm a fan of others. Yeah. And I, I think about how Jesus preached and, you know, just for me and my faith, you know, I, I live by, I want to live by those principles. Yeah. You know, and I don't care if you're laughing at me or if you're laughing with me. At least you're laughing. If I can give you a reason to, to, to smile or chuckle, great. Or take your mind off of something that, that you might be going through. Just be like, damn, look at that dude. You know, with, yeah. with his beads or chains and, and, and this weird hair, you know, or whatever. Great. I love it. I'm, I'm okay with that. I love that. That's my purpose behind it is also to just be you. And to me, I, I do it. I do it to be noticed. Yes, I do. Cause I like it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. do. I like, it. I like it. But the true reason behind that is I'll, I do it because I want people to take a break from their own life yeah. and just enjoy laughing at me or with me. I don't care. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's really why I have, you know, the blue hair right now yeah. that was supposed to be purple, but it didn't work out, yeah. you know? And you know, that's why I do those things because I, I, it, it makes me happy and it gets me out of my own box because it, it, it showed me what, what true confidence was. The first time I did color my hair, it was bright fire engine red. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember. Go, and I had to go home and see my grandmother and she had, I didn't know what, I, I mean, I was like shaking in my boots. Basically. Yeah. What happened? Did she like, smile or laugh? Uh, Eventually, uh, I think it was more of an eye roll and a, and, and like a, yeah. a, a smirkish and, and kind of like a oh my god, what are you okay? You know well, that kind of What thing. did Justin do yeah, now? Like oh goodness, you the big city's done got to you, yeah. you know or something, yeah. you know. But it uh, but it but what it did was uh, it gave me more confidence to be myself. Yeah, and so it's like I, I do it I do it because I now it's just easy. Now I'm looking for stranger ways to do it. Yeah. You know, but, but initially, man, that's, that's why I do, do things like that is I, I just want to bring joy to somebody. I don't care if it's, if, if it's at me or with me. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've known each other. Uh, I don't even know how many years now, a long time, but, um, you know, that's one of the first things that I, I loved about you is that you're, you're so, you're so talented in what you do, but more importantly, it's the person inside and, Thank you. That love to make everybody else happy and um, just bring joy. And going back to St. Augustine, um, we found out about this nonprofit that needed help. Yeah. And I pulled you. Yeah. Yeah. And I pulled you aside and I was like, hey, I've got this idea. Will you let me shave your head? And. I don't even think you thought a second about it. Not, you, you're I was like, like, hell yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I lied to you. I lied to you. Yes, and you I did. said, I've got clippers. 
<laughs> and you were like, why, why would you have clippers in St. Augustine, first of all? But I was like, I've got clippers. I'm going to shave your head, and we're going to raise money. And you were like, immediately, okay. Absolutely. And then I had to get on the phone and get, get one of the drivers. I was like, <laughs> hey, you got to take me to Did find some really? clippers. And I drove to like three different stores. I, I, and I was like, I have an hour in between these sets, and I've got to be back on stage to introduce the next round. i got to go find clippers. And we went to three stores, and I finally like found them at like a CV, CSB or something, <laughs> sure. CVS. And, uh, and I get back, and then I call you up, and I'm like, all right. I'm sitting on a stool. Yeah. And, and I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna raise money, and we're and we're like we're everybody's like Absolutely. chipping in, and for everybody out there listening, I wish we had a video. There may be somewhere out there, but we raise a good amount of money, a really good amount of money. We raised ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, but that was at the end. We like when we first did first it. night. Yeah, the first, first night was about. But you was thought like, that was it. Yeah, and, oh, and, yeah. and I think I didn't we know were, y'all were going to do what you did. We to were me. about halfway dirty, there. Dirty. And I was like, eh, I think we can do more. But I didn't tell you that. And I'm standing behind Justin and I take the clippers and I start in the middle of the back of your head and I come straight up over the top. All like just a big, I, just a line <laughs> to your skin. I, and, I looked like, uh, I looked like, because I had my bright fire engine red, neon red hair and, 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 Got scalped right down the middle. Yeah, I right. looked like uh, I looked like the guy from Prodigy. Yes, you know, like yes, the, the, yes. The lead singer from Prodigy, dude. It was like here, or like you know, Bozo the Clown, right? You know, or whatever. And I didn't say a word. I just reached, I reached down and I unplugged the clippers, and I and I get in the mic, and and you're like, whoa, 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 and I'm like, all right, guys, we did good. Come back tomorrow night. We're gonna see how much we can raise, like, and then we'll finish oh, this no, off. No, and, yeah, wait, you're missing one point. You said you also said. <laughs> You better you better bring your wallet. You better bring your money if you want him if to you, have to walk around all day. Yes, tomorrow that's right, with that's this right. with this with no hat. Yeah, and and I I just went with you, man. And you like, did hey, it, man. If it's for, if it's to raise money for a good cause to go for something, I was like, whatever, who cares? Yeah, I may not ever see these people again, and if I do, they're gonna fucking remember me. Yeah, you know what yep. I mean. And, and we did. We raised ten thousand dollars. Y'all did me dirty. I did not know y'all were gonna do that. I knew. And uh, <laughs> as 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 calm and 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 agreeing as I was, when y'all did that to me, I was like, "Are you kidding me? I've got to do this." And like, I can't say no now. You've got me painted into no. A as soon as you said yes, I'm on the phone. I'm like, <laughs> I need a driver right now. Man, that was a. That was a. That was embarrassing. <laughs> there ain't no way around it, man. The, the next day, all morning and, and afternoon, having to walk around and see people that didn't even know there was a, a songwriter festival going on. <laughs> but you know what? Like, going back to, like, who you are as a person, you you didn't second-guess it. Well, you, you may have second-guessed it, but you still did it. And then think about, to your point earlier, with that guy that saw the girls cross the street. Mm-hmm. How many people... We're either laughing with you or at you that you brought joy to in a hot St. Augustine, Florida day that, that were walking down that had just gotten off a cruise ship or whatever they were doing, you know, and like hanging out in that town and going, man, I don't know what that guy's story is, but they're smiling. Man, I'll tell you what. Yes. Yes. That. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, what most people don't know is, is how many, how many people I actually stopped and talked to and explained why. Because they had to know. Yeah. I'm like, what? Are you are you crazy? Or like are you mentally impaired here? Or like what's the what's the deal? Why are you walking around with your head up like this? It's like, why don't yeah. you put a hat on? And I 
and I used that opportunity to try to make people aware hey we're raising money because the Abacos Islands just got demolished by a hurricane yeah and there's so many families and they've lost everything we're trying to raise money for this to help them out and and I don't know if any or if all the people that I talked to that weren't even a part of the the festival in the first place I don't know if, if any or all of them came to the show that that next night and, and donated but in my mind I'd like to think that yeah. at least some did uh, I'm sure you know, but you can nothing's nothing's negative unless unless you make it negative there's always a positive yeah right? and, and I don't mind making a fool out of myself for something good and I might make a fool out of myself just just for the hell of it sometimes. Yeah. You know, maybe we gotta do something this year. I don't know. <laughs> we know? we do. We do. We we have to we have to come up with something, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. We'll be down there in into September again and yep. uh it's gonna be a blast, so yeah. What other songs do you wanna talk about? Man, uh you know what? Uh Mama's house. Yes. Mama's house, man. Uh so I was I was sitting at, I, I was watching a songwriter round at the Bluebird, and Brian Davis yep. was one of the writers that was playing in this round, and he played a song that uh, that he had recorded by Jason Aldean, and the concept was, you know, basically everywhere I go in in in, in this town, like I see your ghost, you know, or mm. th- that concept, which is not like a brand, it's not a new yeah. concept, but I realized as I was listening to, it, I was like, damn. I've been here at that point in time. I was like, I've been here 16, 17 years. I've never written a song, that concept. I don't know how I haven't. And so I got to thinking, I was like, what would I do to make it different? You know, like to, to just kind of separate it, you know, just not make it the same exact thing that's always been done, that cookie cutter thing. And couldn't think of it, couldn't think of it. And then all of a sudden I was going through my head and I went, man, if, why wouldn't you just leave the damn town if you, if your ex is there that broke your heart and, and you think about her everywhere you go is a memory that you've shared with her? Just leave the damn town. Well, all right. If you're going to stay in the town, let's just burn the whole, burn it down. And then I got to thinking immediately. I went, damn, if I burned my hometown down, where's my grandmother going to go? And immediately I went, well, I'd burn it all down if it wasn't for her. And the next morning, I had a, 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 a right with, for Dylan Snyder, who was uh, on Interscope Records at the time, and it was a it was an in town writer camp, and it was me, a guy named Michael Lawton, and Rodney Clawson. Mm, yeah, and Dylan was going to bounce between rooms of other writers, you know, just all day, and we were all going to be writing, trying to you know develop his project, his album, and I had that idea. I showed up early. Michael Lawton actually beat me there. I was I was shocked. I was like, man, I'm like. 30 minutes early and you're already here and so we got to talk and we're buddies and i said dude i've got an idea that we we are going to write today and he goes well i've got a track that you're going to hear before you tell me your idea and i said well i hope that i hope like hell it matches up and he played that track and i went yep i know exactly what to do and rodney shows up dylan gets there we start the song and immediately i the way we started started the song was let's write it like it's a video write the music video write the three and a half minute screenplay right and just visualize the damn video and just write what you see and we started and when that song was done i was like holy crap 
this is a special hook. This is a, this is one that sticks out. Mm. You know, stands out above the rest. And uh, I had a great thing happen uh, when the when the song came out uh, on Dustin Lynch and it hit radio. I got a text message from Ashley Gorley out of the blue. And I've known Ashley Ashley Gorley for those that don't may not know him. He's he will be he'll go down in history as the greatest most successful prolific songwriter in the history. He's of, incredible. Of, of song. I mean, he's got I think he's 30, 40, 40, yeah. 50 something number already yeah. number ones. I mean, yeah. at one point in time he had 5 songs in the top 10 yeah. at the same time. And he's our age. Yeah. He was an adjunct professor at Belmont my junior year he was teaching class and I heard about him and I I didn't take his I, I wasn't part of his class but I walked into his class just to shake his hand and say hey my name's Justin I'm a big fan I just want to let you know one of these days we're going to be right together and I was a student at Belmont yeah. you know yeah. and, and then I walked out and he remembers this and I got a text message from him and all it said was mama's house exclamation and, and it's a what a hook and that mm. hit me in such a way because back when i was telling the story about how i couldn't get a publishing deal and i was applying for jobs and couldn't get hired anywhere yeah. i had played him i had given him a cd of 10 11 songs to see if he you know wanted to sign me to his pump co company and so I never heard back from him for about a week. And so I called him and I said, Hey man, just want to touch base. Did you get a chance to listen to that? And, and he gave me the most harsh truth that I needed to hear because it was honest and it was true and it was his opinion. And he said, man, I did. And what I hear is somebody that knows how to write songs, but is not writing songs on the A side. They're writing great B sides. And at the time I was like, Mm. huffing and puffing mad when I got off the phone. I didn't say, like, I was like, all right, thank you. I appreciate it. And I hung up and I was so mad. It's like, how dare you? You know, but he was right. Yeah. And like, it, it took me quite a while to be able to look back on it and go, he was right. So to get that text out of the blue, him saying, damn, what a hook was just remarkable mm. to me. It, it was like, I can't tell you if there, that, that there would be another person in town that could give me something like that. You know, it just matters. So that, that's always going to be a, that song's always going to matter to me like that. Yeah. You know, can we hear a little bit of it? Oh man, man, let's see. Maybe I haven't played, <laughs> I haven't played that in like, golly, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'd burn this whole time down. If Golly, man. What is it? I haven't played this song. In, I put dude, you on the spot. I you know. did, man. I wasn't prepared, man. Like, uh, golly. Uh, let's see. I burn this whole time down. Pick spot. No, I can't fuck. I don't know. I can't remember okay. it right now. Do you put me on the spot like that? And I feel so terrible now for that, dude. That's all right. Dang it, man. Uh, shoot. Sorry, everybody out there, but it happens sometimes. <laughs> shoot. Man. God, I feel bad for that. I'm sorry. No, man. you're good, man. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that is, you know, Ashley is such a great writer and he's so respected in town. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, to get a text like that, I'm sure just, you know, 
Man. It, it, it was, uh, and he doesn't even, I've never told him about the impact of that and how much I appreciate it and what it did for me just, you know, personally. I've never told him that, but. I'm going to tag him in this, uh, in this episode. <laughs> it, so Ashley. Like, the thing about Ashley is, uh, there's another thing about him is, is, is that he's a great, he's a great human being. And, yeah. And, and, uh, very strong in his faith. He's, just, he's got great morals and he helps people out and he really does. And, uh, and yeah, he is one hell of a writer yeah. and, and really, really knows how to do the business and the creative at the same time. And, you know, he's just one of those guys that you really want to try to be like, or at least maybe one of your kids could be like, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, so yeah, uh, I'll never forget that ever. I ever, my wife is on the board of a uh, nonprofit called seed. Um, and they, uh, they help, um, bring kids out of slums and poverty in India. Oh, wow. And, um, and Ashley and his wife went on a mission trip, um, a while back. And, uh, you know, just the kind of guy he is like, um, you know, we needed a place to do a, a, a big fundraiser yeah. and kind of like an awareness, uh, dinner. Right. And, um, um, you know, Ashley and his wife just opened up their, their home and, you know, That's we, awesome. we were out there in the barn and just had, you know, just incredible. But I mean, he's just, he's so humble. Um, and you know, just, and does it get, seek credit? It, no, not at all. I mean, it's like, it's just, yeah, more, you know, is, you know, doing something out of the kindness of your heart, not for, not, not to be, not, not to look for acknowledgement from, yeah. you know, and, and just doing it and doing it because you want to, yep. as opposed to doing it because you want others to see you do it. Like he's not that way, man. And, and it's, it's something, it's a great role model. It's a great, great human being. Dude. Yeah. It really is. And, and so I, I'm not surprised at all by that story because it sounds like something that he would do. Yeah. You know? Well, man, this has been so much fun. I appreciate you uh, spending some time with me. And, uh, can't wait to, you know, kind of follow up down the road, and we'll talk about some other number ones. And Maybe maybe, um, maybe next time we can, uh, I can tell the story of the last songwriter round at the old listening room location because I played the last night because I asked, I asked for that's it. That's right. I asked for it. And yeah, I, who I those said, you, I said, Phil I said, Barton. All I said was, can I have the last night? And you said, yes. And yeah. I said, Thank you. And I, and I didn't say there was anybody else coming or anything. I said, just give me the last Dude, let's, night. No, you've it. already brought it up. Let's go. Let's, you, we got, you got to tell the story now, <laughs> man. Like, so it was the last night to, to, for, to be able to play in that venue at second for, Avenue. Yep. yep. Second Avenue. And, and, uh, you, you took a leap of faith and gave and said, yes. And I said, don't worry. I will make, I, you won't believe what I do. And I called and texted everybody I could think of and said, Hey, this is going to be, this is going to be a, a, a whiskey takeover. Basically, you know, yeah. it's going to be a, it's going to be one of those. Everybody free for all can get up anytime you want to sing. And the amount of people, great songwriters, artists that showed up that night and just packed. We even had labels promo some yeah. promotion staff i had a song on on the radio that had just come out on granger smith called uh it happens like that that i did not know how to play and had never i'd forgotten what the lyrics were <laughs> i mean i wrote it months and months and months and months ago you know and in the promo some of the promo staff from the label said we want you to play that song well they picked the wrong night for that <laughs> for that <laughs> because it was such a 
free-for-all of love and appreciation for the listening room. And there was no way we could, we could allow your, that the last night of that venue where we all had played and, 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 and got to know and made networking connections and friends and, and, and been taken care of by the listening room and the whole nine yards. Of course, we're all going to show up. And we did. And it was fun. It was so it fun. Was so it was a fun. beautiful night. I actually, uh, when I tried to play the, the Granger song, like the promo staff had asked me to do, I pulled, let's just say I, I couldn't walk in a straight line at the time. And uh, <laughs> I had the lyric up next to me and I played it and I got through the first verse and about half of the chorus and messed it up, started all the way over. Did the same exact thing, started all the way over again. I remember this, yeah. And, then, and it got to the point where I, I had looked at the paper and I was like, I can't even read right now. This has been so much fun. I can't even read. And it got to the point where I just had, I tried it a third or fourth time. I tried it and I just stopped and I went, somebody else. <laughs> and I held it up. I think Taylor Phillips might have been the person that jumped up on stage and grabbed me and yeah. saved me and played one of his. And I was like, thank you, dude. Yeah. But it was so much fun. And, and I mean, it, we all, it was all out of love, but it was, it was, it was, it would never would have been able to happen if it wasn't because of what you had developed and branded as the listening room and the way that, that you and, and your company treated us mm. because we, it's easy to, to be overlooked when you're, when you're us and, and, and you, you guys were the only ones that really, it didn't feel like we were overlooked and that's why everybody came. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I wear that as a badge of honor that I can say, I, put together a shit show but a great show yeah for the last night of the listening room on second half it was such a it was such a fun night because it's just it showed family yeah you know it was it was just a big party it really was and and then you guys uh we were all having way too much fun that entire night (laughs) and then you surprised me uh at the very end and you're like the last person that needs to sing on this stage needs to be chris blair and you guys pulled me up to close it out, uh, and and I and I had one of those moments where I was like, "Man, I don't I don't know if I can remember the lyric to any of my songs right now." But um, it was that was such a fun location, and uh, yeah, thank you for that. Like that that was oh, shit, uh, a, a run back in memory. That um, you know, it's I've loved being here, like moving to Fourth Avenue, and whatever the future holds, whether we stay here, whether we find you know, a more permanent spot that we can actually like own. And as you know, that's the biggest, scariest thing in Nashville is as the town grows, like we, our leases continue to be up and then it's like, well, you got to go because we're going to knock this building down and build a hotel, you know? (laughs) And it's like, um, so, but uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, the closing in our first location in Franklin was a a big party. Uh, Cummins Station was a big party, but that, that night at second Avenue was just like, um, something I'll never forget. It was just so incredible. Same for me, man. Like it was shocking how the, 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 the level of, of talent that showed up, like people that, that I didn't even have a close relationship with, but they showed up for that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, man, this is great. I mean, and, Man, that's hard to come by. Yeah, you know, especially in today's time, that's hard to come by to have that that kind of appreciation and community 
and love like that, you know, but that's a testament to the listening room and what you built, yeah. you know, and, and I know that this is the, that we're about to close out this, but I, I am going to say this, anybody that ever wants an experience that you will never forget, come to the listening room, whether it be here in Nashville or Pigeon Forge, yep. you know, uh, no matter what, there's nothing better than, than what happens here. Mm. And, and, uh, you'll never forget it. And I hope that, I hope that it never ends, man. Thank you. It means a lot. It means a lot. All right. Well, uh, to close this out, I like to end on the same question. So, um, you've had so much success and, uh, um, you know, you really, you know, coming into that first right and going to get somebody's lunch <laughs> to where you are now. Um, I want you to go back to eight year old Justin and, uh, Tell me what advice you would give yourself now at that age, knowing what wait, you know. Wait, wait, Am I giving my eight-year-old self advice or yes. is my eight-year-old self giving me <laughs> yeah, advice? No, no. <laughs> that might be better advice. <laughs> Man, eight-year-old me, if I was giving myself advice, if I had that chance now, and, and it may not be the most popular thing to say, It's not. it, it, it probably wouldn't have anything to do with music. My advice would be, pay attention that that would be my advice because you can get caught up in such a hurrah moment that's happening right in front of you you enjoy that moment but you can you can lose sight of your choices Mm. and I would tell myself don't forget your choices pay attention enjoy everything celebrate over the moon cry all the when you need to but don't forget your choices because then tomorrow that moment's gone but your choices aren't Mm. because i've made i've made good choices but i've made a lot of bad ones i've made a lot of dumb ones probably more dumb ones than bad ones and by dumb i mean like things that hurt other people or hurt my hurt me or setbacks you know yeah or letdowns, you know, but those are all because a lot of those would be because I'm not thinking about my choices. I'm thinking about others, not thinking about my choices. And that I would tell my eight year old self, pay attention to your choices. Hmm. Make sure that you are aware of what you're doing and why. And my eight year old self would be like, can I have a Capri Sun? (laughs) (laughs) You know, but that's what I would say. And, and, and honest, honest to goodness, man. I wish if I could go back, that's, I would to that. Man, I love you, brother. Love you, man. This, this has been fun. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, brother. This has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Justin Wilson. And uh, you guys can check out all the links in the liner notes. You need to pay attention. Pay attention to uh, the songs that he has written. Go follow him and uh, become a fan like I am. We'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. 
I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.